bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we recap the week in politics like we're recapping a week of reality TV. But we aren't doing that this week because it's the day after Christmas and there's only five mm. days left in 2017. And it's just going to get worse. <laughs> it is. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Somebody needs to make that song. It only gets worse, 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 worse. Your tax cut's not going to tax. You cut, 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 cut. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't worry, Mm-mm. it only gets worse. I mean, literally. Well, we can't deal with talking about anything new. So we're <laughs> in the mood to be retrospective, aren't we, man? We are. That's right. That's right. We talked about a lot of things this year on Dumb Gay Politics. We've done 50 Eye of the Shitstorms. 50, so there's that's. We've told you about things that are tragic, douche capades and the dossier. We visited different streets and legislation nation, and we've ridden our... Tiny bicicleta to skier. <laughs> the tiny bicicleta to skier? Tiny bicicleta to skier. We have. We've ridden that goddamn Damn. tiny bike to school so many wow. times. 50. Wow. Okay, so in addition to all those Pulitzer, do you say Pulitzer or <laughs> I would Pulitzer? say Pulitzer, only because Pulitzer sounds like something like defecation. P-U, yeah. In addition to all those Pulitzer Prize winning segments that you just mentioned, mm. um, we also had... 16 fascinating off-limits wow. Ooh, guests. It's like the Barbara yeah, Walters fascinating. fascinating. She is going to do that. Off-limits fascinating people. Is she going to do that this year? Probably. I don't she know. She does it at the end of every year, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, we did um, choose our three most fascinating did. people. <laughs> but did. it really wasn't. That wasn't, wasn't really it because... Well, I, well, I mean, of all of our um, and of all of our 14 listeners have heard these interviews and some of them have listened more than once. But for anyone new here, we wanted to choose interviews you may have missed. Uh, again, we, we only had time for three, but we recommend going back and listening to Dorinda Medley, Alec Mappa, Heather McGee, all of them, really. Every single one. Kay Clinton. There's so many fascinating yeah, ones. Yeah, so many. I mean, we... And even we did skews, which were Ooh. all the skews were interesting, but those are, you know, we yeah. like Megan Murphy, yes, um, yes. Linda James. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just whittled it down in the interest of time because, right. quite frankly, no one's going to fucking listen to this week. No. It's in, but there, everyone's off work. Yeah. Everyone's drunk at some obligatory family event. Right. And um, we just sort of basically um, put this up so that we could hawk the Patreon podcast. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly. You then, know what? That's <laughs> what we have to do. It's a, and if you haven't joined the Patreon, you need to because ad free subscription based podcast where Brandy and I talk about anything and everything. It's only one dollar an episode if you choose to just. That's how little you need to spend. You could choose. You could choose to spend more, but you only need to do a dollar. <laughs> we like when you spend more, and we'll give offer you things that we never follow through on. And uh, 
please. I mean, why not? Like yeah. people always say, like, oh, we like, you know, it's interesting you guys talk about politics, but like, ugh, we liked it better when you didn't talk about politics. And then we're like, go to <laughs> Patreon.com and just download that podcast because yeah. we don't talk about anything. Exactly, nothing. We talk about eating pizza and how oh, we dip pizza into ranch. We're and about stuff to like do that. a Papa John's <laughs> experiment with our with yeah. our Patreon people. So I'm just saying, get onto Patreon so they can get on that. Go to Patreon.com/slash/dumbgaypolitics to sign up. Um, we're a close knit group. That's right. And we communicate with them. We really do personally on Patreon and mm-hmm. they communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. They talk about shit with each other. Mm-hmm. They know all of our personal business, <laughs> like stuff like which one of us sleeps topless, <laughs> which one of us sleeps with underwear on. Yeah. And other things like which one of my cousins that I hate. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, there's that if you are on Patreon, you know who I'm talking about <laughs> um, and how I've recently self-diagnosed that I suffer from a made up disorder called airplane rage. We've mm. had a few it's it's real. A few episodes so about Julie's I know, airplane. I know we what had, you're we had to about. pull one down. It was That's too true. controversial. That's true, but the shit's real. So much like all my rage is real. <laughs> um, it's fun, and we really love it. And the more people that join, the more podcasts we will do for free. Right. We recently made this is big news. Mm. Before we get to the rest of this podcast, okay. we re- recently made our very first Patreon episode free to everyone. So if you're thinking right. of joining, but you're not sure whether or not you'll like it. Go listen to the free episode. Again, patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Scroll through the public posts. I guess it's like a sort of like a Facebook news feed of posts. Right. And then you'll see the first episode called Dumb Gay Everything Episode 1. And you can stream it or download it free. That's right. But now let's get to our favorite off-limits interviews of 2017. <laughs> going back in time. Going back in time. Going back in time. Going back in time. Love you guys. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Die. Turn. Work. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt. Hunt. Honey. You guys probably know Leah Black from The Real Housewives of Miami on Bravo, but she was Miami royalty long before she did that show. She is the co-founder of the Black's Annual Gala, which has raised millions of dollars for troubled teens and is the party of the year every Every year in Miami. (laughs) She is an entrepreneur. God, what's happening? A dedicated philanthropist, a wife, a mom, and she can be seen every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time on Facebook Live doing her hilarious dishy show, Lunch with Leah. Check it out. The important thing, and I know it's not classy to say, but it's relevant to our conversation today. Leah Black is part of a rare breed of humans, the stuff of urban legends. So (laughs) rare, in fact, that until we met her, we weren't even sure they actually existed. She is rich. Like, really, really, really rich. And she is an avid Democrat. Rich Democrat. That's right. So suck it. They exist. Hi, Leah. Hi, girls. That was a dumb introduction. <laughs> well, I'm wanted, afraid to talk now. No, we wanted to get illusion. we got it. To, we had to get all the good the good stuff in so people knew the the magic yeah. that is Leah. The magic. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's let our listeners just get to know you a little bit. Now, you're from Texas. Yes, was, I am. <laughs> so, most people think you know Texas conservative. Was your family conservative? Half of them are, and the other half are not. <laughs> so when you were so smart, as, the smart ones are not <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you were growing up, was it ever like a thing? Were you always sort of like the the carefree liberal Leah, or was there a time where you were 
you know, more of a Texas conservative young Leah? Um, I was never really a conservative, but, uh, you know, I'm really a centrist, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think everyone kind of has to compromise them. I'm a moderate in a lot of ways because I think to get anything done, you know, everybody has to give a little bit. Now, if... I could just be fully who I am. You know, I'd let all the criminals out of the jail and all the animals out of the zoo. <laughs> but right. So life, life doesn't work that way. So I'm pragmatic about it. But I'm definitely more, um, way more on take, on the side of taking care of the underprivileged, the middle class, educating the youth, taking care of the planet, all the things that are, you know, really the foundation of, of Democrats as opposed to just big business making money and raping and pillaging the climate, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can't help that. I mean, I, I just can't not be that person. It's like everybody said, well, look at the good side. When Trump was elected, at least, you know, you'll save on your taxes. I'm like, but so what? At what expense? I mean, they'll go and they'll <clears throat> run us into the ditch again. And then we'll, the Democrats will have to come in and bail everybody out again. And then we pay sooner or later. There's no shortcut. You know, there's always a price for everything. So the rich may get richer while the poor get poorer. But then everybody's going to be going to the emergency room instead of having health care. So at the end of the day, your life, the quality of life is more important than really the extra amount of money that you have. Once you have enough, you have enough. Oh, yeah. And so just so the audience knows, Leah is married to international sex symbol and legendary (laughs) defense attorney Roy Black. Look him up. He's amazing. He's brilliant and rich and just as generous as Leah. (laughs) So I want to know, did you did your guys politics always match up? Because we've spent time with Uh, you. Yeah, always matched up. He's even more liberal than me. He's definitely on the far end of the liberal Democrat and way left on social issues because he's you know, works inside the court system, the criminal justice system, and he sees the abuse by the, you know, bureaucrats and the people in power. So he's probably more liberal than me uh, on social issues. But yeah, we're both definitely match up uh, mentally at match up with the Democrats versus the Republican, uh, you know, versus autocrats or socialists. You know, we're, we're definitely on the left side of, of, uh, the democratic side. And what about, what about RJ? So you guys have a son, RJ, and he's, was he 16? He's 15. He's going to be 16 in a couple of months. And he's very, very well informed on current affairs, politics, social issues, the world, world, all the wars that have ever happened, why they happened, who participated, who they didn't, who didn't. Like, he doesn't like the French because they never helped with any of the wars. You know? <laughs> we should get RJ on here no kidding. so we can learn I about the wars. Like millennial, yeah. Well, I, my, yeah, co- they want to, my, cousin, my cousin told me that the millennials, she said the millennials she's around are, they're, they are kind of libertarian vibe. Like, they... What you know, whatever the hell that means, even though we did just learn, um, is he what? What is it? What are him and his friends? What would you classify them as? Um, you know, it's funny the school he goes to. You know, Miami, Florida, as you know, went red. <laughs> so, you know, I am in a red state, very blue about being red. But um, you know, so it's a mixed batch, and a lot of the people at his school, you know, the the Cubans particularly used to be very conservative. And then when Bill Clinton came in with Elian Gonzalez and sent him back to Cuba, that didn't help. And they were very uh, conservative. Now it's, it's kind of 
um, it's turned, you know, now I'd say it's half and half, but so he goes to a school where I would say that probably it's a mixed bag. You know, I think the teachers are more liberal and I think some of the parents of the other students are a little more conservative. Hmm. Our com- but he debates, you know, he debates with them and he always wins. <laughs> <According to him. laughs> How could he not? I mean, How could he not? <laughs> okay. So why do you think that, do you think, I mean, why do you think that everyone should be a Democrat? Like what, what do you think most people who are conservative Republicans, do you think that that's a faith-based thing or a greed-based thing or, you know, it's funny. Some of them, I think it's because that's all they've ever known. And they grew up in a Republican household and they hold it as a pride and a badge of honor. And we're Republican and we're for free enterprise and, you know, we're for this and we're for that. But if you just start breaking down the issues, if they're open-minded at all, they really are voting against their own self-interest most of the time. Now, I get the person that's super, super rich that wants to save on their taxes. Okay, that makes sense. You don't care about the rest of the world. Your taxes are the most important thing in your life, so therefore you have <laughs> to go vote for Republican. I get it. I get the people that are super, super religious, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, the abortion, we had to have abortion. <laughs> and they go and they vote, you know, because they're one-issue people, and they're wanting to protect these unborn children. I don't agree with it because I I think, you know, if you don't <clears throat> agree with abortion, just don't have one. But yep. I, get, I get their point of view. What I don't get is this middle working class people that fall for this ridiculous, we're for you, the middle class, coming from the Republicans, when they want to privatize Medicare, they want to privatize Social Security, they don't want health care for everybody, they won't honor pre-existing conditions, they want to pay less on their taxes so we, the middle class can pay more, uh, and they feel like if you can't pay your way through college, too bad. And if you can't afford preschool, too bad. And uh, those are the ones that just push all my buttons. It's like, are you just want to shake them. Like, what are you talking about? How can you, you got three kids, you're a single mom, and you don't have any money and you're voting Republican? I mean, I feel like that's going to help you educate your kids? That's it's the not fight. Be the Republican. I would get into with my dad about, because he's conservative, and I would be like, they're not talking to you. You don't have any money. But he, I think, no. it, as far as my dad goes, I think it was about wanting money to go into the military, probably, because well, Republicans. I when I do stand up in places that are let's say red or whatever like for recently I went to Savannah Georgia and I met these people and these women were <laughs> you know they were I want to use the term socially progressive because there they were at the gay club enjoying gay stuff and the show and like saying to, you know, like coming to coming at me after and being like, I'm socially progressive. And I think it's you people are fine or whatever. And then, then, you know, but then it was like, well, then why are you voting for Trump or why did you vote for Trump? And the same thing was like echoed out and it's always been echoed out wherever I go, which is it's sort of like what you were saying. But. I'm a small business owner. This, this, I'm losing money. I can't give people health insurance. I need a tax break. We need more jobs. And a fiscally conservative, fiscally conservative, but about socially, socially progressive. progressive. And it's like, how can you? Where does that? 
how does those things that's don't match up? That's just a fake thing. That, yeah, that's a Well, if you look throughout history, the only presidents that have balanced the budget and left the country in a, a surplus uh, have been the Democrats. It has never happened on a Republican watch because what the Republicans do is they come in and shift as much money as they can to the top of the pyramid. And that's what they do. And then we go back, the Democrats, and look what Obama did. Job unemployment is as low as it's ever been. Crime is as low as it's ever been. He has done everything except lower the deficit. And we wouldn't have that deficit if it weren't for the war that the Republicans started out of choice, not out of you necessity. Know, necessity. So they're not the party of fiscal responsibility at all. And if you look at the cabinet right now, that, that my theory has been all along that Trump is putting in everybody that's associated with the oil industry because I have always believed it's all about the oil. He's got Tillerson, he's got Manafort, he's got all these Russians. They want to drill in the uh, they want to drill in, yeah, and they want they want somehow some way those sanctions lifted, oh, yeah. and that's why they help Trump. And it's all about the oil, and the rest of it is smoke and mirror distraction. And, and yep. a con artist who's just pitching a story who happens to be a good salesman. He knows how to close the deal. Terrific and he's salesman. Pitching to these people, <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's all about the oil. Well, and in two years from now. You're going to look back, and we're going to see that it's all about the oil. Oh, hell with and hopefully oil gas prices are real down. Because <laughs> Julie just got a truck, so we need those gas prices down. <laughs> Julie needs that oil. Now, uh, speaking of yeah. the cabinet, what I wanted to ask you are your – obviously, the cabinet is a bag of assholes. But who are your top three, you know, rank like the top three most egregious that he's <laughs> – well, Sessions has got to be the worst. And the reason he's the worst is because he's going to suppress voting rights. He's going to suppress rights for black people and he's going to suppress rights for gay people. And he's going to lock up anyone that dissents that he can. He's going to try to shut down free press. So he's by far the worst. Right behind him, I would say the Secretary of Education, but they really don't have that much power. But if she did have the power, she would want to go to charter schools at the expense of public schools. I mean, this is a woman that goes into the schools, never been to public school, and doesn't even know when she gets there that the teachers have to provide their own pencils. I mean, she hasn't a clue. They're billionaire, billionaire family that bought off the Republican Party for power. It's all pay for play. So the security people probably aren't that bad uh, other than Flynn. Flynn would have been the biggest disaster, but he's gone. And the new guy, McMaster, whatever his name is, apparently is a pretty moderate, um, smart, experienced guy. So I would have to say Tillerson. And it's not that Tillerson isn't brilliant, and it's not that he's not worldly, and it's not that he doesn't know his way around the world and can't make things done, get things done, and know people. And he's a brilliant guy, but the problem is his agenda. And I just believe that his agenda is all about the oil. And, and he came out of nowhere. And that had to be a red flag. I mean, who would have thought of this guy? Well, the second Why that that, 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 ha- that happened with Michael Flynn, I oh. was like, it just became clear that that anyone that he nominated that had anything to do with Russia was obviously in on the master plan. On the long con, yeah, baby. And wasn't going to, they <laughs> yeah, were all going to go exactly with it. exactly what it is. And it's like, that's Everyone why they're out of nowhere. The, 
Listen to Maxine Waters because she oh, said that's what I said. Thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw that, Julia. I texted. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. on the phone with Brandy, like Maxine Waters is breaking it down so hardcore. I'm recording it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's saying it all. She said every single thing. People she need said to every it. single thing that I have been play. thinking, but don't have the fluency to say the way she did, nor the platform you, to say the way she did. Yeah, but everything yeah. I've been thinking, she spewed it out in chronological order. And I yes. loved it because she wouldn't even let Chris get a word in. No. She's just like, I'm going to get this out. <laughs> yes. It's going to be on the record. She knows. <laughs> and, she's been, and she's been like doing it. She's been breaking it down from the beginning and from the time where she like dropped the mic and was like, the FBI director is shit. And then she, she just knows. She knows exactly what's going on. Okay. She knows exactly what's going on. I'll tell you the two most dangerous people though right now in Washington are are Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. They're they're really dangerous because they're enabling this con artist. I was listening to George Will last night. He's really a true conservative and a genius, brilliant guy. Whether you agree with him or not, he's grounded in history. He Mm. knows everything about history. He's a true conservative. You know, he's like the real deal for conservatives. If you're a conservative, Trump is not a conservative. He's a con artist. And and so I can have, I can accept conservative people and conservative principles. I don't agree with them, but because I don't think it works that way if you don't take care of the middle class and the engine of the world. But I can understand where they're coming from. But Trump is, stands for nothing. He stands for himself getting elected and getting oil and rape and pillage. How do you and, think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no. I was going to ask... Um, you know, we, we're talking about Republicans and you I think you articulated the Republican agenda and all that stuff. But, um, how do you and your in your circles or your rich people circles navigate friends and colleagues voting for Trump? It's like there's Republicans and then there's people who voted for Trump. How do they rationalize it? Well, the true intellectually honest Republicans will tell you we would have been far better off with Hillary Clinton and that Trump is just a disaster, and they're Republicans, but like Anna, the Anna Navarros of the world, they just can't stomach him. You know, the Robert Trumps, they just can't, even though they were, um, you know, they're really Republicans. But the ones that just don't get, they, they aren't following it close enough and they don't see it, they're the ones that I think purposely turn a blind eye because they just want to save on their taxes. Mm. And to be honest with you, these people that are Republicans, unless they're really intellectuals and they're people that you need in your life for some reason, you tell me who you voted for and I'll tell you who you are. And if you voted for Trump and haven't yet acknowledged that it was a mistake, you and I don't have anything to talk about. We view the world so differently that why would I want to go to a dinner party with you? Why would I even want to waste my time talking to you? You aren't getting it. You know, oh, you're I, just like under that, the ether. That reminds me, I was going to ask you. So we were when we were at dinner one night, we were sort of talking about a, a mutual friend, and you said that you were going to, we won't say who it is, and you said that you were just going to ask her point blank if she voted for Trump. And then I can't remember what you said if you, like, that you were just going to tell her she was a stupid idiot if she said yes. And, and then I was wondering if you have, you had friends in your life that you've asked that just point blank and have they been, uh, you know, unwilling to tell you? Cause I think this mutual friend of ours, she doesn't say who she voted for. She won't say who she voted for. And, um, 
I'm just wondering if you've had that conversation with other friends in your life or if you've stopped being well, friends with people. Well, you know, because of social media, most of them pretty much put out there who they're for. And so if you know they're at, they're advocating Trump, then you know who they are. If they're just not paying attention, they've always voted Republican, and then you tell them what he stands for and they go, oh, I wish I would have been paying attention and I regret voting for him, you know, that's that's a different scenario. But the ones that defend him and enable him when they know that they're being hypocrites. Imagine if Hillary Clinton would have had her campaign people having Putin and his people help her win an election. Can you imagine? And imagine if if she... He doubled his Mar-a-Lago dues from a $100,000 membership fee to $200,000 the minute he got elected. Now, that is pay-to-play. And as much criticism with Crooked Hillary, he was projecting everything he said about her is something he was doing himself. And people that don't see that or don't want to see that, you know, honestly, I I just don't, I can't even have them in my energy sphere. I I don't even want that negativity around me if you're that fucking stupid. You know, I just can't deal with stupid people. And that is stupid. And they, they don't, they're just like justifying it and enabling them. And that's, what George Will said last night is the day he went and registered as an independent, when he's been a Republican his entire life, he ran, he took over Buckley's magazine, the Weekly Standard. I mean, this is as Republican conservative as you get, was the day that Paul Ryan endorsed Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He said the party has gone off the deep end. I can't support the party anymore. So though I like to be around smart people. I will tell you that this one woman I know that voted for Trump, went to, to an event with Charlie Crist, and I was there. And Charlie won the House seat in Florida. He used to be the governor of Florida. He was a Republican. He became a Democrat. He lost when he ran for the Senate because people were so angry that he changed parties, and he just recently won the Democratic House. Well, I knew this woman was sitting there, and when I started talking about Trump in front of her, she was like a whore in church wiggling in her seat. And I was going on about anybody that voted for him and how could these people be so stupid. And I knew she was sitting there and I did it on purpose because I wanted her to feel uncomfortable. I wanted her sweating and I wanted her sweat. And the second it was over, she got out the door so fast, her heart was like racing because I was calling her out without calling her out in front of a bunch of Democrats because she voted for Trump. Why did she even vote for him? I don't even think she knows because she got, because somebody got a hold of her head and said you need to vote for him. That's exactly what oh happened. my god! Yeah. I mean, and it will be a. I can't. I can't. Well, this is why we love that's, you, Leah. Yeah, that's I why mean, we love you, Leah. That's obviously. why we had you on. We could we could talk for hours, but we're unfortunately out of time. Um, thank you so much for talking with us and sharing your rare slash rich slash liberal point of view with 14 <laughs> listeners. Um, tell them where they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and, and all your social media. I'm Leah Black at everything. Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> Leah Black YouTube. Miami. Right? Leah, Leah Black, Black Miami. Miami. You're right. Leah Black Miami. And my lunch with Leah on Wednesday where we dish the dirt on everybody. Yeah, you guys check out Leah's Facebook um, lunch with Leah because it's it's gossip. It's it's funner yeah. than politics. That's and it's, right. It crosses all party lines. That's we can all funny. meet Kim Kardashian equally. That's right. And yeah. has, God. knows and has met everyone and has a story to tell about all of it. So thank you again, That's Leah. Right. We'll talk to you and see you soon. 
Love the you. next time I'm in LA, we have to throw a party in your honor. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Yes, we love that. Just like you did for Obama. It's a fundraiser <laughs> That's for our mortgage. Right. You see, you're stepping on up. <laughs> love okay, you, Leah. Girls, so much. You too. Bye. Today we're talking to Kate Casey. Kate hosts a super popular podcast called Reality Life with Kate Casey, where she recaps tons of reality shows and not just the Bravo ones, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And she talks to huge reality stars that we love. And for those of you who are fans of reading, she also recaps the shows on her blog, loveandknuckles.com. And for those of you who are fans of reading, but not fans of reading reality, she also writes funny shit about pregnancy and parenting because she's a mom of four freaking kids under seven. Oh, my God. Uh, But we're not talking about that. And thank God, and no offense, Kate, but with that many kids, I hope you enjoy drinking and taking pills as much as we do. Right, Meow Meow? Uh Uh-huh. Today, we're talking to Kate about her time as a white house intern which just so happened to coincide with the most famous white house intern of all time monica Lewinsky, bitches yay oh. hi kate hi so excited oh God, you, it's, i was just realizing that it's been 20 years since i know the monica Lewinsky debacle i feel like was it has it only been 20 years I mean, apparently. Yeah, like a, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's weird. I just watched her on a TED Talks, too, Monica Lewinsky, yeah. that is, and she was talking about, like, the whole thing, and I was just reliving and regaling it all before we spoke to you. Well, Andy Cohen always talks about her. Did you, do you ever, you, because you've heard Andy Cohen mention her, right, Kate? Yeah, they're apparently friends. I think he goes to, she goes to his, like, Christmas parties. Yeah. Um, yeah. You should get her on your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. That would be fucking amazing. I She'd know, probably I do wish. it. She'd probably do it. I feel like I feel like she would. I feel like she would because I've actually I wrote a piece about her once, um, and it was like in defense of her. I just you know all these years later, I feel like we all should just kind of like cut this girl a break and let her yeah move on from it. I feel so badly that like she can never escape it. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, oh my god, she would totally be on. I mean, that TED talk was all about her being victimized by the whole thing and yeah. how she wanted to be like let go of shame and guilt and. Well, you I know. completely talked shit about Hillary during, yes. like, yeah. where I was like, I didn't hear you defending her, motherfucker. Yeah. I was going to ask you before you, well, after you tell the story, just if your feelings for her have changed. Like, at that time, if you were, like, offended, like, oh, my God, and someone my own age is whoring around with the president. And then now, as, a, as an adult, I know for me, I got way more sympathetic as an adult. Right. Like, I uh, it's you absolutely. Know. I, as, you know, as the years have gone by, I've become way more sympathetic. But the interesting thing is after I wrote that piece, I had friends from college who were still just not sympathetic. Just, you know, this was, she really fucked things up. Um, you know, they just didn't have any um, sympathy for her. So I thought that was interesting that all these years later, and those are my friends who are so still, like, devout Democrats. I mean, I'm I'm a registered Democrat, um, but I'm so removed from that life now that I just think I have a little bit more perspective. But I think for the people that live in D.C., it's hard for them sometimes to walk, like separate themselves from anything that's political. It's just, just really it's interesting. I just don't I, I just don't get I mean, I, I understand as someone that age I was, you know, obviously we were all certainly around that age at that time, like within a few years and I you know at that age it's it's it was easy to be judgmental of her because we were we were all young 
but in when you're young, we were so young. Yeah, and you think, and you, when you're young, you think you know everything, and you think she should have known better. But as you grow up, obviously, twenty years later, it's like it's his fault. He's the one who fucked everything up. She's a young kid, right? I mean, I don't know. And so she when she was, when she started dating, so she started dating him. Like, how do you say hooking up with him in 90, 1995. So I believe she was like twenty two, maybe. Um, so when she was started to see him on the side. I was, I was a White House intern twice. So I was an intern for the press secretary. So at the same time, Monica is in the White House. She's like in the Oval Office area at that time. And was this when and you were a freshman? Started, like your first internship or the second one? This was my first one. Okay. So I'm working across the street in another building. She's being moved around from office to office. And real quick, how so could she be an intern if she's on. 22? Did she not have to be in college? No, the thing is, is that so many people get internships based on who they know. So I found that when I was an intern, I was like one of these poor kids that, you know, was eating beans. And a lot of the kids that are interns have a wealthy family, and they would go to, like, the Hay Adams for lunch and eat, like, a $25 meal and then come back, and they didn't even work. So it's like the poor kids are, like, working their asses off, and they're, like, these rich kids. It was, like, two different groups. So she was very well connected. They live. She and her mother lived in the Watergate building. Whoa. And her father, her parents were divorced. Her father was a very successful attorney, I believe. So she was incredibly privileged. So she got an internship, and then she started having a sexual relationship with Bill Clinton. And I believe Betty Curry, his secretary, you know, they all kind of knew something was going on. How do you even get? So, how does she get um, access to the um, to the president? How does the intern get the access to yeah, the president? Yeah, did you ever see all? him? Well, You're much prettier than her. Because <laughs> by the second, my second internship was um, a junior year, and then this started in August 1997. So Princess Diana died the week after I started my internship. As we rolled into the fall, that's when things started to heat up, and Linda Tripp started um, it's taking so the conversations weird. with. That you, that you were there at the start of their relationship and then two years later when it I came know. out. That is fucking weird. So it's at the same time. She's me. I think she's like two years older than me though, but I'm going to school. Like a lot of those interns, by the way, they don't live in, they don't go to school in DC. I went to school in DC. So I'm like in the thick of it all. So then the, like the fall, uh, you know, go, we're, we're going into winter and that's when, she went to Pentagon City Mall and she met like to the Ritz Carlton and had a meeting with Linda Tripp and there was a secret recording. So that was all at the end of that December. So that the first week of January, that's when it all started to unravel. So by May, we're, had, we're knee deep in Ken Starr's investigation. So it all like really unraveled quite quickly. And if you lived in D.C. at that time, there was nothing else that anybody else talked to. I mean, it was so... Insane, and I, um, I remember there overhead of her where she lived with her mother in the Watergate. I mean, it was impossible for you to get even drive around there. There would be sightings with her because her attorney worked near the National Press Building. She would go to lunch, you know, with her attorney, and it would be like paparazzi. I mean, paparazzi on the level you don't even see anymore, like like a Kim Kardashian. Well, that was that was the whole thing level. with Princess Di too. Right, that was at that time when it was like at a fever it pitch. Was what was her job that she got to meet the president? Though I still don't understand. She, what they shifted. They shifted her around a couple times. So the, I think at the first job she was 
supposed to read the mail and like the correspondence, which is like she nothing. read the mail, the dick mail, <laughs> right? And then they they were like, something's going on. Um, why? Is so when you're an intern, you get a badge, like an, an appointment badge, things to the A. So she okay. The funny thing is, is my second internship, which was when this was all starting going on, I was an intern for the lower press office. So my job was to go to the White House at five o'clock in the morning. And I would go through all the newspaper clips and I would then drop, make copies and drop them off in the Oval Office, like in the Oval Office, all the executive um, offices. So Betty Curry's the secretary across from Bill Clinton. She was the one that was brought in for all the questioning. I was the one dropping off their newspaper clips every morning at the crack of dawn. Oh, my God. So I was there, you know, when no one really was there. And I always felt like I was being watched. So for me, I remember at the time, everybody would ask me, like, do you think this is possible that he was having an inter- a relationship with an intern? And I feel stupid now because I would say, there's no way. There are people watching you. All the security is so intense. So now as an adult, I'm like, okay, he's totally sleeping with her. And he just tells everybody in his staff, like, just uh, deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then if you remember... They started. They tried to. They tried to get depositions from the Secret Service, and George Bush Senior actually made statements about how against it he was. Like the Secret Service should be protected. Um, so, but they wanted all, all of the staff to basically dime them out. But I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe. And then, if you remember, then towards then we're moving towards like June, July. I think that's when the blue dress was used as evidence. Right. Like, she kept the sperm-covered dress. The jizzy dress, homie. Because like, that was like a keepsake. But I remember like back then, people were so excited about, you, you came off the election and there was like, you know, Democrats were in office. There was so much that was we were the Democrats were doing for the country. So when this all happened, there was this absolute paranoia that, you know, he's going to get impeached. Like, what's going to happen? So there were people who were just like, you know, they're two consensual adults which they were. They yeah. really were. Yeah. She was like, you know, 23, 24, 25. I mean, what, I mean, we all were like having sex 23, 24. I mean, who, well, yeah, of course. So when you look back now and you're like, it's not that big of a deal, but uh, there was just such a paranoia there that, then that I remember. And then after that, there was such hatred for Kenneth Starr because by then we knew how much money had been spent on all these investigations. So, um, it's just interesting because I feel like that's something that we all still get upset about are like government investigations and how much money, like how much it costs. And did we really learn anything from it? What the country was put through, but in the end, what do we learn? We're like, is it really surprising that Bill Clinton was having affairs? No. What was the, the whole issue was the Paula Jones lawsuit. And was he telling Monica, like giving her tips on how, um, how to talk to attorneys and, um, so that was the the problem. And then remember, Kathleen Willey said that she was a staffer. She said, Linda Tripp said she saw her walk out of the White House and she had lipstick smeared on her face. Oh, my God. And so Linda, Linda Tripp sounds like Linda a fucking Tripp bitch. Dimed all, yeah, she Everyone just pulled her. on all these people. What is she her was fucking like a deal? vendetta. Yeah, what is her and then deal? Because he wouldn't so fuck her? Un- she was so unattractive. Do you remember that? Yeah, John Goodman, he's one of her on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But yeah, that was the these, funniest, that Saturday Night Live clip where he played her. So oh, my good. God. So and hilarious. then she had these two really attractive kids, and I just thought, you guys, I feel so bad for the kids because, I mean, their, their mother's like, mom well, is such she, a bitch. She was demonized and well-deserved more than Monica. But, okay, so I have some questions. So 
here, first of all, was he was it a well-known thing around there and among the young people that he was like a pussy hound? No, not at all. Uh, not at all. And then so, and then I mean, after everything came out, did as an intern, w- did they go through and do some like in-house investigation where they're like, we're fucking running through every intern and finding out who else fucked him. And everyone's just like, not me, not me. And <laughs> even if you did, you'd still be like, Mm-mm, I didn't do anything. Well, there's definitely, there definitely is like a little lockdown about what interns, like what access the interns have. That's for sure. But I remember that uh, it was like that spring. I was asked to give a speech at the Democratic Caucus about um, increasing Pell Grants and saving student loans. And I, so I introduced President Clinton and Vice President Gore. And um, two things that are funny was that it was on C-SPAN. And uh, my friend's parents all said that he was staring at my butt the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure. Which is weird because that's before I realized I shouldn't have gluten. So it was, like, so fat. I just drank beer and ate pizza. So it was not attractive. So I was like, hmm, that's depressing. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that the next day in the papers, they didn't even mention my name. It said a young woman around the age of Monica Lewinsky. I mean, so like, that's sure he... how Monica centered it was. Which yeah. I don't care anymore now because I was so ugly. I would never want any anybody to see a picture <laughs> he was of me. Then standing there, going, "Why did I waste my shit on Monica when this bitch was walking around here somewhere?" <laughs> and then, okay, so and then, what about Hillary? Like, did you ever? What was I want just to know? Like before it came out, what like what was her level of likability? What was her reputation? And then as opposed to after, like, was she ever a well-liked figure around there? Because, I mean, what I, my impression was that she wasn't well-liked, but I don't know anything. I mean, it's called... I did not have that experience because, and I have to tell you, like, you should keep in mind that I'm a graduate of a women's college in Washington, D.C., the same college that Nancy Pelosi, Kelly Conway... Whoa. Um, like, we all, like, Maggie Williams, Hillary Chief stuff, like, we all went to the same college. Of course, they're all older than me, but... Um, you know, we, I went to a school where you're basically, if you go there, it's because you want to have a career in politics. So there's such pride for any woman in politics. Like, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. I'm probably, I would call myself politically very moderate, um, now. Uh, but I would say that, you know, we were, is Kelly Conway was super right at that time. Or so obviously still is way beyond that now, but there was such a pride of women in politics because there are so few women in high-ranking positions. Right. I mean, probably less than now. So Hillary Clinton, for me, was like, I I was just so impressed by her. Oh, okay. um, and then when it happened, I just felt such anger. Not It was weird, not for him, but for, um, for, for like, the press and how hard they were on her. I just kept thinking, you know, it's bad enough she's got to deal with what's going on at home, and now we're all slamming her, or like, why won't you leave him? Right. I just, even right. then, I, I thought, well, it's like so much more complicated than we think it is. And right. I know to this day, people are like, well, they, you know, they were just in it for power. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe they were, but that's kind of like their deal. Right. Um, well, that's I, why my I mother always hated I have great, I've never wavered. I have great respect for her. I, I just, I think she's a, she's a great lady. Um, I know people said like Heather McDonald will give me shit because we actually did stand up in December in um, DC. It was right after the election. And I remember she we were taking a tour and she kept giving me shit like that. I wasn't more upset with um, Hillary for sticking up for Monica, but I'm like, who's going to stick up for the woman that like gave your husband a blowjob? Like, why would anybody do that? Yeah. Oh, I have to say too, I went on a tour of the Capitol. This was right after the election. I got a tour from the cops and the cops back then. So we're talking November 19th, 20th. Um, they said, even back then, that when 
Trump won the election, they all, all the Republicans were in the cloakroom were kind of like, oh, we're fucked. And that they ex- had said back then they expected him to be impeached uh, pretty quickly. So, I mean, we're, we're months, months later from that, but oh, I well, that, that is, was interesting. That is interesting. That. I also think that politics has changed since I was there. I mean, I thought I would have a career in politics until I realized that um, I don't really care that much about people and I don't get paid enough. <laughs> um, but I think that I had friends that stayed there um, who, you know, worked for years and years and years for people. And I just, uh, I can't understand. But back then, I mean, I had friends. First of all, in order to, at Trinity, everybody has to work. If you're a political science major, you have to work on an election. You have to as part of to, to get your degree. So we had such great respect for people of the other party. You know, it's different now. Like, I remember I went to protest outside of, um, it was the Ralph Reed one, whatever he ran. It was like, anyway. Yeah, just some Bible beaters. Yeah, it was like a Bible beater. And there I had classmates who were so super pro-life, because it was a Catholic school, super pro-life. And we went and protested outside of the building. We were like, you know, this penis party's got to go, hey, hey, or whatever it was. And they they walked out to see what was the commotion was, because all these camera crews came. And we were, like, waving to our classmates, like, oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Times have changed. Like, if you have a different political opinion from somebody, you want to, like, shoot them outside your house. Yeah. And that that makes me sad. Like, you, but I just, but back then I felt like when people just knew more about what was going on in the world, and now you just read a Facebook post and you think you know you're informed. Well, it's, it's definitely. Just, it's a different time. I definitely think it, social media, hands down, is what's turned this this climate the way it is. But I wanted to know, um, was there any dirty details that we didn't hear about? Like, obviously, we know the cigar went in the vagina. And <laughs> I guess she sucked his dick and he jizzed on the dress. Like, does there, like do, do, we, do we know if Bill Clinton has a big dick? That I don't know. But I do know that they had phone sex all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, all like... <laughs> the time she was calling that line God. in the oval office and they would just have phone sex like all the time the Ola... is there a camera in the oval office now or no i think there I was then so. i think but they always have they always have like a soldier right outside the door right I it's mean, like get to work yes, he's just like doing phone sex in the oval office he's just like, i'm gonna fucking lick your pussy and hold on a second yeah i mean just like like yeah, that of... putin's on the phone hold on probably and, and then God. i think they apparently used to, when they would act like when she would be, there were times where apparently she would go and he would say to the person who was right outside the door, she's going to be here and she's going to be here, or she's going to be here for a while. Like she would come up with some cockamamie explanation why she would be there. She worked at the Pentagon. So she would say she was dropping papers off to the president of the United States. Like now I look back at that, I'm like, this is so insane. Wow. Yeah. And she would totally. show up and they would say, she's going to be here for a while. So just like, Go get, go get yourself a coffee or something. And so there's this little room in between uh, the Oval Office and, like, the next office. There's, like, a li- like this teeny tiny room. And apparently that's where they would, like, get it on. Oh. Now, I mean, you sound before, like, as a last question, you sound like you were, and you know, were very, like, sort of innocent and or at least idealistic when it came to politics. I mean, I know I would have fucked him, and I don't even think he's hot, and I don't even like him. But my problem would have probably been with the fact that he was married, and I think that was the main problem that a lot of people had more than the fact that she was so young compared to him just that he's married you know so especially me at that age it was like I was appalled that 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 she got with a married man but I mean if he wanted to get with me and I was an intern I mean I think I got to do that I don't know that's Brandy talking by the way I want everyone to know that's (laughs) That's Brandy Howard talking (laughs) 
That is not me talking. <laughs> okay. The day that I did that, um, that I had that uh, speaking opportunity, the, everyone's leaving. And he sat, Bill Clinton sat and talked to my mom for a while about student loans and Chelsea going to college. And I thought my mom was going to just like pull her pants down. Like, <laughs> and well. I, I kind of, I, I think he has a quality that I would say the only other person I can think of is like Howard Stern, where he makes you feel like you're so interesting mm. the way that Howard does, yeah. where a woman feels so validated and so special that they just, I, I think women in general are just like, especially in relationships, they just accept that not someone's just going to have to pay attention to them. If someone's somewhat unhappy in their marriage or the relationship or they're insecure and there's this very powerful man for sure. Also, if you want to do some like really fun digging, there was a Vanity Fair article around 20 years ago where they interviewed political interns and the political interns were just admitting yeah, I've had sex with a congressman, or because oh. for in, right, like Chandra it's Levy. like it's a company oh, town. Right. It's no different than Hollywood. Now I live in Los Angeles or area, and it's the same exact thing. But uh, DC is ugly people. It's the same <laughs> scenario where yeah, I'll sleep with an agent because I know he's really powerful, and maybe for that you or know, an ugly movie star because you're like, oh my god, you're star starstruck. They're totally. hideous. So it's like, and yep. I mean, at the end of the day, she didn't even really have sex with him, or he didn't have sex with her. Well, didn't they, though? Wasn't that just one thing they caught? I mean, weren't they Do doing you, it for a while? I didn't ever think they had sex, but I guess, are you just saying they didn't admit it? I think they I think they had sex, and oh. they didn't they admit it. They probably had sex, but I think that he they, he just got paranoid, and he said, all right, let's just say, um, uh, you know, God, I'm the, I'm the idealistic person. <laughs> I all believe they never had sex. Oh, I think I, that's that's bizarre that you would think that. Was he fucking her but on I the do, desk you know what, in the Oval Office? Yes, he's fucking her in the little room outside. You do? I do think that you're right that there are a lot of men that say um, to themselves, "Well, if I don't actually have penetration, then I'm not I mean, that I'm not cheating on my wife." Yeah, it's not as bad. But he's doing it so many yeah. times. There's no way that they can do, get together so many times they're not going to have sex. I don't know. I guess I just thought that just wasn't really the right environment for something like that. I, I also know. think she was really in love with him. Yeah. She said so that, that makes talk. me think yeah. that they did have oh. sex. I really think in her, in her head she believed it. Yeah, well, she said on... in her TED Talk she was in love with him, which then solidified also, to me that they definitely had, had sex. Well, if you hear, do you her, remember her... that it came out? Do you remember that it came out that she had had an affair with another married man before that when she was right. in college? Right. Yeah. Um... And then they then they were like, "Oh, look at her. She's just she goes out for married men." And now that I'm older and I've had kids, I kind of feel like she probably has some daddy issues. Yeah, she's uh, definitely. No. You could tell she has low self esteem. Deserved. Yeah. But um, she uh on that Howard Stern always plays those old recordings that where she would constantly leave. Bill Clinton messages on that line and I mean oh my god there was no doubt she was in love with him I mean it, I mean he was probably shriveling up like lady get it together <laughs> Jesus and then remember that Ken Starr was so obsessed with the case do you remember he subpoenaed a bookstore where she bought a book and I think the book was about it was like some fictional book called Box I think at VOX boy I just pulled that I don't even know where how I remember <laughs> that but apparently there was some storyline in the book that had like a couple having phone sex Oh, uh-huh. my God. Ken Starr was definitely and jerking was like, off to yeah, the whole thing. Point, he was so turned on by the whole I, thing. I don't know if he's still married, but do you think his wife was like, I think you're so obsessed with Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. Like, you really need to, like, go on vacation for a couple months. Yeah, somebody should should get him back now. Yeah. I mean, the 20th anniversary, is it 2017 or is it 2018? The 2017. 20th. So when will that be? That'll well, be you know up. what? 
It was actually, it, it's hard to say. It's like Jan, it's like December, January. It's like that right around that time. So it's going to be a reunion. Gonna be a fun, yeah, I'm su- maybe Andy Cohen can yeah, host the reunion show. Together. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised um, Kate needs to host it. I'm surprised that what's his fuck didn't do Ryan Murphy didn't do a oh maybe he will yeah. feud with that yeah and old what's her face with the two heads can play every character oh yes good one good one good one good another one another thing good that one. I thought was interesting was a lot of people would say oh she's she was too fat for him he, he wouldn't Oof. be a disruptor she was too fat and now I'm like what? that's so rude he's he so ugly so weird. and yeah. by the way she's a beautiful woman she really is and she's not a dummy she went to like the London School of Economics like well, yeah, and she's her, not parents, an idiot. her parents are really smart. Matters well. of the heart turn people into morons. Exactly. I well, mean, I mean, she was, she, yeah, she has a low self-esteem and, you know, but all right, that was really fun. Thank you for talking with us and sharing your sordid past as a White House intern <laughs> with our 14 listeners. Uh, you would never know it now, <laughs> considering what I do now. And tell, tell our listeners where they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and any social media. Okay. So my podcast is called Reality Life with Kate Casey. You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. I love to tweet about shows and even politics do. Um, my Facebook page is Love and Knuckles, and my Instagram is at Kate Casey CA, and I do celebrity parodies. Like, I'll take Kim Kardashian's outfit and I'll imitate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was really, really fun, Kate. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our guest today is a comic genius and probably even an actual genius mm-hmm. who's making America great again by riding Donald Trump's jizz-stained coattails all mm-hmm. the way to the bank. That's right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's a master improviser, comedian, and writer who has had a million jobs and been on a million TV shows. But what many people don't know and don't care about is that <laughs> him and I went to college together. It's a good example of how two people with similar educations can have such different careers. How did one go so right and one go so wrong? I don't know, Brandy. (laughs) But this motherfucker is so talented that he has his own show on Comedy Central. It's called The President Show, and he plays Donald Trump. I don't even want to say he plays Donald Trump. He embodies, he possesses, he reanimates, he gives birth to, and then he aborts Donald Trump every week, and it's a joy to behold. If you haven't seen it or you doubt me, here's a little clip to blow your damn minds. No, no. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And that was not nice. It was a not nice question. Comedy Central begged me. Begged me to do this show. Failing Comedy Central begged me. They unzipped my pants. They got on their knees. It was disgusting. Okay? And I would get incredible ratings. Some of the best ratings. Huge ratings. Great ratings. Okay? And they say, you want to be on the same channel as Noah Trevor, whoever the guy's name is? Who cares? Whatever. I said, just invite me on and be nice. Just respect me. Treat me fairly. I'll have the best guests, the most beautiful women. It'll be so funny, the most funny show. April 27th. You're going to watch it. And you should watch it, because I'll be watching you. I guarantee it. Oh, boy. There's a woman sunbathing out there. Clear the room. Unbelievable. So without further fucking ado, we are excited to go deeply off limits with Julie's college drug friend, <laughs> Anthony Atamanik. Yay, hey, Anthony. <laughs> wow, so exciting. It is very exciting. That was a thrilling introduction. Are you eating now? <laughs> yeah, I ordered a full, large pepperoni pie. <laughs> 
I mean, it's such an honor to talk to the man who made Donald Trump like almost adorable. I know, a sweet angel. <laughs> oh, God, no. I hope that's not what I've done. I mean, I, th- I think, unfortunately, I think you have done the, the Will Ferrell, George Bush, where it's like, yeah, like so likable. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Are people telling uh, you, do you get that a lot or no? Um, no, I do. I think we get like, uh, <laughs> I think I get, I get a lot of like, um, I, I get a lot of like, you do his interior, you do like his mind, which then of course is frightening because often I'm improvising from my own mind. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> so how, how, so how did you know that you could do him? Was this like, you know, an accident? Can you do anyone? Is that like your big thing? I mean, Am I polyamorous with impressions? Yes. But uh, I could do anyone. You are so but, uh, impressive. You're so know, open. I'm You're so, so yeah. open. You're so millennial. You're a polyamorous, bi, non-binary, non-gendered, gendered improviser. That's what's amazing about you. Just call me, call me them us. Yes, yes, um. yes. Anthony, for anyone who is listening, is a human, okay? They are a human, Okay. <laughs> Oh God! We went to Emerson, so we were primed for all of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. But like, uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I was improvising at UCB, and uh, someone said, uh, "Mr. President," this was like two months after he announced, and uh, the, the show's called Ask Cat, which is like sort of the flagship show there. It's like the Sunday night big, you know, monologist mm-hmm. comes and whatever does stories. So I just did my approximation of Trump. And um, I don't even think it was that good. It, it was probably on par with how Alec does it now. So. The shade of it all. And uh, then, and, and you got into, did you get into a thing with him too? You got oh, into a thing yeah. with him. Yeah. He was, he was, you know, I, I listen, I've worked with him for years at 30 rock and right. not like we were best friends, but you know, I, I knew him. And uh, I think he got his his nuts twisted because, you know, <laughs> th- he wanted to do the correspondence dinner and uh, At Midnight was on at the time. And Chris Hardwick was like, you know, wrote me and was like, we're going to campaign for you to do it. And I was like, that's fine. I was like, I can't even actually do it because we're starting the show that week. So I don't have I could not do it. And I knew I wouldn't. Do it. I, I was nobody knew who the hell I was at that point. And still don't. But, but <laughs> well, they I'm, knew. I'm, I'm sure you don't want to be getting into the comedy politics of it all, but I couldn't be fucking happier that you're yeah. not on doing it on SNL. I love that it's yeah. like killing a, the game yeah, and it's yeah. not an SNL thing. I just right. love it so oh, much. Yeah. It's like yeah. the best. Best job I never got, you know? Exactly. Um, and exactly. And best job you, I never got. And you don't have to deal with the, the sketch show politics are disgusting and you have your own fucking show. Like, that's all they want anyway. So you have it and you could yeah. bypass all that bullshit. Okay, yeah, so t- listen. I, yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Well, were you going to give us some good gossip and tea about how Lauren Michaels sucks? Oh, no. Okay. I was actually, <laughs> I, I was just going to, you know, because Bobby Moynihan, those folks are friends of mine, and Vanessa. So, like, I love a lot of people over there. And I don't say that because I have to. I mean, it's those old, old friends who work on that show. Uh, but, you know, I, that's different from the institution, which I think is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm yeah. not even in it. So, what the hell do I know? Uh, but I'm glad. It worked out the way it did. Yeah. Well, tell us about, I mean, you've said a few times and I'm sure I just want to hear it and hear it deeper, but you said that just for, from studying him, you've learned to Trump. It is, you've learned a lot of like about his psychology. 
So, like, what can you tell us that maybe we don't know or would be surprising or just anything? We want to know about his psychology. I mean, other than, you know. I think I think what's interesting is actually how on the surface it is. I mean, I, I think that what's amazing to me is that people are confused by him or surprised. And I think it's really the intersection of the notion of the presidency, which is like, I think people have this layer of the presidency as an institution that they put on someone when they get in. And I think when Trump got elected, the news media decided that they would um, begrudgingly lay this title on him as if somehow he transformed by getting elected, right? Right, like when so, you, you became, pre, he became, he's going to become presidential or whatever. Right, exactly. He'll transform into a presidential figure. So um, the things to me that I, I notice is, I think the biggest one is that he, he tells himself his lies out loud. So <laughs> if you watch him. That's, that's he, a good point. And when you can tell, when he goes off prompter, you can see when he discovers something, what he'll do, and I believe this truly because he is a Gemini. We're only born one day apart and then many years apart, but he's born June 14th and June 15th. Whoa! Oh, that's that's, yeah, that's cool. Weird, right? That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, cool and weird. Yeah. <laughs> he will repeat um, whatever he, if he goes off script, he'll say something, then he'll hear it. Then he'll look off, and you think he's looking to the crowd, but he's not. He's like looking to his twin self, the other self that's there, that's passively watching. And he like smirks about it, and then he repeats it. And then he says it to his crowd like, isn't this great? Isn't this new idea that I had great? And it doesn't have to be new, because for him, his narrative, you know, he's a classic I don't want to I can't armchair analyze too much, but there is a psychopathic tendency there because I don't think he really perceives other people as real. He only perceives people as the extension of what he chooses to feel things about. And he chooses to feel those things based on his perceived appearance of those feelings. Right. So he, you know, with Syria. Right. He like talked about the babies and that's why he bombed. (laughs) that airport in mm-hmm. Syria, right? And mm-hmm. he was like, the babies, the babies. <laughs> and like, you know, and it's, and, and the thing is, is like, he doesn't care. He saw that. Someone showed him a video and therefore he cared about that. He doesn't care right. about yeah. other babies dying in the United States. He certainly doesn't care about black babies dying in the United States. Right. right? He doesn't care. So, no. you know, if, for instance, let's say he met a trans veteran, Okay, because we did a piece okay. on the show with trans veterans. Yeah. If he met a trans veteran in the Oval Office, and they, and he was like, you know, especially because you know they're still, you know, they're even though he would perceive them as like, you know, probably in his uh, pre, you know, conceived notion they're weird or they're not as strong as a normal soldier or whatever thing he thinks, he would meet someone and then be like, wow, they're tough. They're actually tough. <laughs> he might in an instant turn around and be like they're great we should let them serve because he experienced it so therefore as the king the king experienced it and so therefore now it's okay so we're at the fickle whim of a sort of not like he has an infantile and adolescent mind but he also is a blank slate all the time every day all day so whatever you feed is just what he regurgitates and he takes nothing seriously because (laughs) He is only seeing it from his experience. The only things that are serious 
are his perceived sense of love. And since he is so absolutely abjectly disconnected from himself and has no self-love, he fills himself with all these other things. And I think the reason he kept running for president was because the rallies were un that's why he kept saying this is unlike anything I've ever seen because he was like I didn't realize that I could get all these people in a room and they would all love me mm -hmm. right yeah and 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 truthfully let's face it he could in, he is total contempt for all of those people individually he would not want to stand with them shake their hand touch them for more than you know 20 seconds and wouldn't want to really he sees them like Jane Goodall sees fucking apes. <laughs> I think she like, likes those apes more yeah. than he likes those she, people. <laughs> he's a, Jane Honestly, Goodall was a poacher. She, <laughs> the real truth behind Jane Goodall. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows she poaches. So anyway, I could go further, but like, but that's. But do you, that's, so do you think that, that he yeah. truly believes that he values money? Since you're saying he sort of fills this empty hole. Um, right. He's trying to fill it because he doesn't have love or self-love. Is he filling that with money and power or, or are we just thinking that he is and he's really just trying to fill it with people loving and adoring him now? No, no. I think it's all by I think he fills it with uh, I think he fills it with the con. I think it's more about him getting away with something than oh. it is about money. Money is the byproduct because, you know, any reasonable business person or someone when they would like have their casino fail and then realize that they've lost like 800 billion you know million dollars <laughs> would have a sense of perspective of like boy i really made a bad investment or i'm gonna have to figure out how to make a deal to cut some of this money out so i can pay it bankruptcy back only a person who believes in their narrative wholeheartedly without any respect for reality would turn around and sue the state <laughs> or sue his partners to try so for him it's about getting for him, it's about equilibrium. He just needs to be safe and balanced. And that's money. That's women. That's whatever presents itself. Wow. And I will say, as, as a person who's gone through a period in my life when I lived in Los Angeles where I, you know, uh, I went to Amsterdam first, then lived in L.A., and I got into some heavy drugs, and I got into some heavy uh, womanizing, and I, I understand that space where you're, where you aren't seeing people as people, you're seeing things as objectives, and it's a frightening place to go in your mind. And uh, obviously, I, I don't exist like that now at, at my age. But like, <laughs> I went to therapy. I went to therapy, which I still do. Uh, but like, you know, I I had and what I know from that time in my life, which is what I draw on to do him, is I remember how alone I was and how I would do anything to remove that shame that was living in me. And, and try to fill it with something. And um, I think when you build those patterns early in life, if, if you're unchecked, they just spiral out of control and get bigger and bigger until they start affecting other people's lives. Until you make a podcast called Dumb Gay Politics. That's, we're keeping it going. We're keeping that going. I was wondering, so you, so you got this, this thing was like a huge tour, right? It was like Julie Trump said. Trump versus was, Bernie yeah. and Bur James Adomian was, did a brilliant Bernie. I mean, brilliant. The great James Adomian. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, J now James is a person like I could do like hack impressions like Woody Allen or, or Shatner or whatever. But uh, <laughs> James is a master. I mean, you can present him with someone and he can just turn them on. It, it's it's amazing. So we toured for, I think, 25 cities. We went to Europe wow. and we did the States. And so do it you was do you feel amazing. differently about Trump now 
as opposed to when you were playing him and during that tour and thinking, oh, he's just a candidate. He might not win or oh, he's not going to win or. And then, oh, no, I knew he was going to win. I knew wow. he was going to win after the second debate. I wish you would have told I, us. <laughs> I told everybody in the show. All I would do is, is tell everybody is is I would say three major pillars were this country hates women. So the notion you think Hillary Clinton has a chance, this world hates women. Forget this country. Oh, Thank God, you. you're so, talking Julie's you. language. Thank you. Julie's getting you know, wet. She do. loves hearing and, that. And that's, that's her favorite. Well, finally. <laughs> It's taken all this time, but you finally said the right thing. <laughs> tell me more. You know, tell me more of the world hates women. Oh, 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 she loves oh. it. She loves it. No one believes it. It's true. I mean, to, to, to think about what he could get away, you know, what he got away with and, and how he behaved. And what we also learned is that, that the world also disregards and, and will worship wealth and whiteness without question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and so, uh, and I think the third thing was um, the notion that our civilization or where we are at now is somehow persistent and consistent, which I think is an outcropping of social media conveying an age group's perspective that is, I think, too prevalent in our society, which is the worst period of your life, which is like between like 24 <laughs> and 34, like those are like when you're like full of shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like yeah. everything is like a drama. Like why in God's name we created a device that broadcasts the worst part of your life into yeah. the world. And, 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 and also no sense at that time in your life. Do you have any sense of history or how, you know, how the world moves and changes. Yeah. And I would say to the audience, I'd be like, 70 years ago, we were packing Jews into cars like cattle. 150 years ago, we were enslaving blacks to build this country. You know, 500 years ago, uh, you know, women were burned at the stake and no one could read. You have to realize that you've only had this consistent reality since the advent of TV. So like, what, like, you know, 50, 60 years. The idea it's not going to change or that someone can't break everything is mm -hmm. crazy. And so that was that was my big thing. And uh, I even said on CNN, I, I was like on in February with James. And I was like, I said, as Trump, I'm like, I'm endorsed by a number of white supremacy groups. And they were like, <laughs> OK, that's enough. And then like six months later, they're like Donald Trump and the white supremacy movement. So like, you know, people didn't give a shit. Yeah, I, I don't think people really gave a shit because I thought I think they thought they were secure yeah. and it turns out that, they weren't. Yeah. Is there anyone on CNN you can talk shit about or MSNBC <laughs> who, who you've been done every news show, right? Who's cool? Yeah. We like love, you know, Joy. I mean, yeah, I'm trying know. to say who's cool. Uh, Don Lemon is actually super cool. Oh. He's really funny. Uh, Did he <laughs> Julie, don't be Harvey um, Weinsteining it up. Come I on. I do have a picture. I should send. I'll text you. I have a picture of Don kissing me on the cheek. Oh, that's um, nice. Well, what about Rachel Maddow or Meet the Press? I've never the, met. Okay. Oh well, Chuck Todd, I think is a. I mean, I call him the human merkin, but I think that. Oh my uh, God, we call him vagina mouth. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> oh my God, his vagina face is going God. across the world. He Everyone knows. He's such a Merkin boy. And like, 
the fucking totally. It's crazy. <laughs> but also, he called someone Han the other yes. day. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. He called um, Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name? girl from. Yeah. Um, her name's Casey. He's Hunt. like, good job. Good job, Hun. And then it stopped on her yeah. face where she was like. <laughs> I mean, I wow, dude. <laughs> just, I mean, I you mean, know, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, just like in some manner. But, oh. Did you think he was going to say good job hunt, but then he's afraid that good job hunt would sound too much like something else? I, I don't. I hate. I, yes, hunt. Good job. He was going to go, good job hunt. Good job hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's my favorite clip from John McCain from 2008. Is there something where he was speaking and he wanted to say country? But like he like interrupted in his own thought, and I kid you not, he's like, "This is a great cunt," and then he like pauses, and you're like, "What is happening? Like, what are you? How is this? How did this just happen?" Uh, <laughs> either that or John. Either that or I think John McCain wears more blue than I thought. But uh, so, God, that'd be so, great. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Maddow. I've never met. Um, I really love Katie Turr. Katie Turr is oh yeah, she's yeah. so like her. cool. Yep. She's so cool. Super. Uh, she's so intuitive about Trump. She spent so much time around him oh, that I. That um, yeah, so I really spent a lot of time talking to her and trying to like get info, you know, get things from her that she knew. Oh, that's. Um, have you had any blowback from like Trump? I mean, I'm sure you have. A, tell us about Roger some blowback, Stone, and B, do you care? Oh, no, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, I don't want my life threatened, but like, uh, I would say. But like, if Kellyanne uh, Conway doesn't like you, will that bother you? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, the weirdest thing that happened uh, is, is uh, I'll get to Roger Stone, but like, uh, I was at Politicon in Pasadena, and I was doing the Trump show. I'm in the hallway, and none other than Tommy Loren no! is yes. walking down the hall, Tommy and she Loren. walks up to me and goes, I love your show. And I went, "What?" I looked at her, and I said, have you watched it? <laughs> and, she, and she went, yes. She's like, I just think you're so much better. You do such a better job. I go, but have you listened to the content of the show? And she went, yeah, yeah, you know, listen, you got to do what you got to do. And I was like, ah, ah. I was like, that's who you are. Wow. Like in one second, I was like, oh, you are like, I mean, not that I didn't know this, but like you really are whichever way you're, the wind blows. And then I think it was Keith Olbermann maybe said to me that like she like used to do like a liberal video blog in college. Oh, so like, yes. oh my so God. Like, what a so like fucking just, asshole. Yeah, oh. exactly. She's just the, I hate those people even more yes. because it's like you're trading in it. Like at least like, have some conviction if yep. you're going to be a hateful person. Agreed. You know? <laughs> Agreed. You know? I've, I've always it's, said, I will, you know, I might not agree with you, but I'll respect you if you're honest and that's how you feel. At least I can true. get behind, like, I can respect it. But if you don't even believe yes. in it, you, you're, 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 you believe, you're nothing. You, you stand for nothing. You're terrible. Yeah. You're the worst. And then who was the other yeah. one? Was it Roger well, Stone? Well, Roger Stone walked up to me and he was like, You so he's like, You're so wonderful. And he go and he goes and he goes he goes, That Alec, he goes, he's he does a terrible job. You do a much better job. And I was like, Okay, thank you. And again, I said, Do you watch the show? And he said, Yes. And I said, You realize that I think you're a criminal. And he's like, Oh, well. He like just laughed it off. And then he like grabbed my arm and he goes, He knows. And I went, What do you mean? He goes, You know. 
he knows. And I went, okay. Uh, (laughs) So I think he was implying that Trump Trump knew about me. Uh, But I also think he's kind of a little disjointed. So who knows if that's, that's true or not. And, and he, uh, and, uh, and he said that I, I imitate his presence. Uh, and I can read people pretty well. Like he was being sincere. He was like, you do his presence when you do him. He's like, I've known him for 30 years. He's like, you know how to embody his actual. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you literally stood in the thing when we were, we, cause we, believe me, we binged the goddamn show. (laughs) We can't stop. We just can't stop. Even dumb clips. I'm going to go to bed (laughs) at that show now. I, so uh, like you standing in the suit, the way the suit creases in your goddamn crotch is the same as that. Your penis is what we're saying. (laughs) I mean, and yeah. the standing, and the uh, and the hands, and all that, but also the nuance. Yeah, girl. I think the it's, I think it's also like that because he's funny. I mean, he I is. think he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. It's like you're making fun of him while also embodying yeah his sense of humor because he thinks he's being funny even yeah. though he's like being shady. Right. And right. you're doing that. I mean, it's just yes. beyond. It's beyond. It it's is. like that's oh, why the level of the nuance times, is crazy. Yeah. There are times when he's been like, listen. The thing where he threw the water around with Marco Rubio, that press conference or that that yeah. rally is legitimately funny. Like <laughs> I remember watching it and being like, this is funny. Like he's did something funny. Or when he was doing the Ben Carson. And yeah. He was talking about how Ben Carson couldn't stab oh, yeah. a bell. <laughs> so I always yeah. said he's the he's the worst open micer that for some reason just ran for president. And he was just doing open mic acts like yeah. he it, it is crazy to me that he, I, 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 he like, I don't understand why and what he was thinking. I don't really think he had any idea. And still, I don't think he knows the impact. That's the most dangerous part with, you know, nuclear stuff is like, yeah, I don't think he really perceives or understands the reality of it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know and what, that doesn't is understand the consequences of anything. To anyone else. No. He's only had to deal None. with his own self because what he can deal with bankruptcy. He can deal with his own shit. He never gets arrested for anything. So to him, there's no consequences, right? Well, hopefully people yeah. from now on realize the importance of a sense of humor when you're running for That's something. Right. That's right. You just make the people laugh. Yeah. Well, it is important. But really yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might not know because oh. um, <laughs> since your Trump is a stuff of legends, but um, we here at Dumb Gay Politics <laughs> Julie does a very average, never to be called uncanny or dead on in any way, um, Melania Trump. That's right, Brandy. <laughs> Thank you. My husband, Donald, I've been wanting to talk with you. Uh, missing what you. Missing you in the bedroom. Melania. Not really. Melania, I- get in the dog bed. <laughs> I'm so tired of sleeping in the dog bed. I want to go walking with Baron down, but you won't let us. Donald, please, when will we go with Baron to... We will never go with Baron. Can we visit my parents in Slovenia? (laughs) So dumb. So dumb. I want to... I know. Well, they have nothing to talk about. That's the thing. I mean... at the end of the day, what you what's hilarious yeah. is that you think, oh, it'll be hilarious. In our minds, I was like, Brandy, it's going to be so, I had a funny <laughs> idea. We'll do pillow talk with Melania and Donald. And then as I thought about it more, I was like, they don't fucking ever spend time in bed together and or any time together. So how would they oh, no. even have I a could, conversation? Uh, I could tell you what they, I guarantee you he does things <laughs> where he'll be like, 
He'll be like, that's a great flag, Melania. See that flag? So amazing. <laughs> so wonderful. Look at all the people here. So great. Great people. You know, I got to tell you, they had great mac and cheese at lunch today. There's great mac and cheese. What are you doing, lady? You want to go shopping? Go shopping. Uh, yeah, and then, she, and then like, she's just like, it. right. And then she's like, oh, yes, thank you. And then she goes and fucks her security guard, her, her actual mm-hmm. boyfriend. Because she's like, mm-hmm. thank you for the money, Donald. I go as Barra now. The flags are walking. Uh, okay. Like, like <laughs> crazy. Well, we don't, we don't have a, We've had a, a non-speaking Melania, but we haven't had oh, well. a speaking Melania yet. Well, something for you to consider, but you know. You can have I a speaking Melania see. that no one sees. <laughs> That's true. That's shrouded in oh, right. a dog bed area. We could dress her as like a grieving Italian widow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always just, and, and that's how we speak. So if you like this, like, I love that flag, yeah. Where is Baron? He's all I care about. I only love Wait, Baron. No. I have a real question I want to ask you real quick, which is, did you have to, did you actually have, did you cut any of Larry David's real hair? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, no, but it was all um, extensions, like it was fake hair on uh, combs, so I did right. have to cut actual hair, but it was, wow. but it was like putting, ha- I mean, and listen, that experience was amazing, he was, I, he was I mean, he was great. I loved him. Yes. It was an awesome experience. But I did put weird combs of hair in his head and then would cut them. And I was just standing there thinking to myself, like, you're cutting Larry David's fake hair right now. Like, what is this is how li- this is bizarre. This is bizarre. It's amazing. Well, uh, wait. Uh, oh, God. Why am I forgetting her name right now? Uh, I can't believe your I'm wife, your wife. Your wife. My no, wife. Oh. my wife. No, not your wife, uh, but Julie's no. wife, the fake wife. Oh, and, on the show? No, no, oh. no, not uh, Jeff Garland. Uh, Susie. Oh yeah, I love Susie. She I was think great she too. Is, Hilarious. She's the best. She is such a nice person. So it's nice. Like, yep. Hanging out with her, and you know, I did this benefit for Joy Behar where we did Trump, right? Yeah. And the best part was it was improvised. So oh. she did her time, and they cut her off, and so she had two minutes of her act left, right? Yeah. So she comes back and like any stand up, she's like, they cut my two, my last two minutes. And there was this whole thing about about um, auctioning off a, a, a phone call where she would call someone and like do like, you know, talk like be really nasty. Yeah. So someone like auctioned for one hundred dollars. They were like, I'll uh, call the White House. And she's like, how am I going to call? I'm going to call the switchboard. And so I came out as Trump right after. And Joy's like, all right, Mr. President. I'm like, I got the weirdest voicemail from Susie Essman. <laughs> and she said, and she said she wants her two minutes back from the end of the act. <laughs> and nobody got it because nobody knew what that had gone on. Oh, but I thought it was really funny. That is funny. <laughs> I mean, I could get into, obviously, I want to get into you being on The View, which we glossed over. Oh, I mean, God, I love The View. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a lady of The View, okay? Yeah, well, I'm going to say, like, what was that experience? Obviously, Joy is incredible. How are the other ladies? Yes. Um, well, uh, <laughs> other, no, no, they were great. They, you know, it's funny, but like one, I tend to zero in on joy. Of course. Um, and they, they kind of changed, you know, one time was with Dawn. Another time was with, um, oh God, her name's like Beelzebub, but that's not her name. Um, <laughs> oh, Beelzebub Weinstein? Oh, devil? What? Yeah. Devil dog? Yeah. What? <laughs> Who is but, it? Um, I don't know. Bialy, I forget her name, but, um, I don't know. uh, you know, the, my experience of The View has always been that they're super welcoming. 
They want the material tight. Ah. Um, and at the same time, then they like are like, do six more jokes. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're going longer. Um, uh, on election night, it was amazing because Joy was just getting loaded. And when they called, <laughs> when they called Ohio, they, I had only been out for like a minute. And they called Ohio. And I went out to the producer. I was like, this is, he's winning. I'm like, he's going to win. Yeah. And they're like, no, he isn't. I'm like, he's going to win. I'm not doing the losing material, I said, because it's going to look it's going to not look good. And uh, I went out and when he won Ohio, I came back and I had like had my own mental break because yeah. I was like, now I'm staring down the barrel of what do I do? I do? We didn't have this show in the works at that point. And I also didn't want to do this. I wanted to stop doing this. And <laughs> I, I wanted to stop. And like even this season, like this season is sort of careening towards like Trump having like a mental break and that's because I'm having a mental break. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, yeah. you know, if you have a mental break, just we'll all be there for you and just know that, you know, you're doing a, a public service and it's important work you're doing. Yeah, And if you're it's having a mental work. break, we know he is. Oh, he's definitely yeah. having, and we all, you know what we all are. Yeah. So if you, wanna, if you ever want to fall is. off the wagon, like fuck therapy, do drugs again. Yes. We're here doing that daily. Yes. Okay. Feel free daily. to come by. That's the space we live in now, because nothing is uh, what it was supposed to be at this age. So, you know, I know. Just now, that's for sure, isn't it? That is the most for sure thing. Because you got to remember, only two years ago, I was you know what? Two years, less than two years ago, I was teaching improv, which was wonderful, and like working like twelve hours, fifteen hours a week teaching improv, and like getting by, and was like, all right, I like this. And this has been like an amazing thing that I also was like, this wouldn't happen. Like I was like 40, well, I was 41. I was like, that's it. I'm, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was like, it didn't happen. Yep. Like, it's okay. I'm fine with it. I got another good 40 years left. I'm going to make the best of it. Mm. And like, oh, so God. this happens, <laughs> but it happens. It's like the worst Faustian bargain you can imagine. It's like, yep. it's like, oh God, you devil. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it's like the movie. It's like the movie Hunk. Look it up. Yes. Look it up. Yeah. Look it up. Oh I wait, know you what's don't... the what's the one with the uh, uh, the guy uh, with Brendan Fraser? That's Bedazzled. Grand... It's called Bedazzled. Bedazzled. I love Bedazzled. And I'm gonna say this for the record. Yeah. I finally watched Mamma Mia the movie. Uh huh. And you know what? What? I thought I am. I love Mamma Mia. <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, listen, there's some things we should all admit, and why, why not? It probably never would have got made if Harvey Weinstein didn't fuck all of them. Wait a minute, is that true? I just, when I looked at the victims, I was like, aren't they all in Mama Mia? Except Meryl Streep. Well, Meryl Streep kind of was she, one, too. I mean, she, well, she wasn't a victim. but No, she said she, she wouldn't. Didn't, well, she dealt a she lot with Harvey with Weinstein. Him. Yes, she had to do deal with him. Do you think each of them, do you think each of them was like, oh, Mama Mia, here we go again. Jizz, jizz, Harvey Weinstein, jizz. Well, do you think that he did that to, what's her name, too? Baranski, Christine Baranski? <laughs> You think he tried it with Christine Brand? I just can't Let imagine. Me tell you, I don't think so. I don't think Baranski's going to suffer that shit. I don't think so either. I don't think she would have either. No Her way. and Meryl Streep were like, fuck you, Weinstein. And he was like, I mean, you're Weinstein. too old for me anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm that, glad, I'm glad you're, you're tortured and torn. It's really, yeah. it's, it's sweet. It's a nice quality. I yeah. mean, a lot of people oh, are, are fucking like kicking up their heels. Like, let's make the most of this shit. Right. I am. I'm like, just give me like a trophy wife, one trophy wife commercial. <laughs> I don't care. One yeah. commercial where I play, you know, that's it. 
I'll oh, just make my, God. you know, tight 20 G's off this. Hey, I couldn't even book uh, the lesbian part I went up for today. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, uh, you know, uh, couldn't even get that. Couldn't even seal the deal with that. Went in for a chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't even fucking Whoa. get that. Yeah, that's how wait good it is. Until, wait until I'm dressed like Bob Denver in the fucking Trump outfit. <laughs> I'm like 70, sitting at like some like Comic-Con table, like signing, you know, the well, president's show when, headshots. Well, that during that time, you can call me. I'll be Fat Melania when she's 70. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be in Branson doing like seven nights a week of yeah, Fat Melania. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody be sad that the interview's over because you can go see him be hilarious and amazing on the president show every Thursday. Thursday at 10.30 p.m. on Comedy Central. Now, um, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you on all your preferred social medias. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> so there's Instagram. I am the real, actual Tony. Okay. <laughs> and, and then on uh, Twitter, because I was stupid, I actually put my, my name in. So it's Tony Atamanik, which is A-T-A-M-A-N-U-I-K. But if you type Tony Atta... It will probably come up. Okay. Uh, and you can follow me there. Facebook, I don't care. You deserve everything that's you, happened you and do. all the bad stuff too, okay? <laughs> well, thank you. Well, th- <laughs> So that's it for this very special retrospective episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Feel free to tweet us your feelings or your questions, and maybe we'll read them on next week's show. We are at Mr. Julie Goldman and at The Brandy Howard. And thank you again for the millionth time to everyone who's listening and all of you who subscribed in 2017. We appreciate you. Please take a second to leave a comment and a rating. Even if you think we suck, a mean review is still a review. Mm. And that's important when you only have 14 listeners. And don't forget about our Patreon podcast. Go over to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and check out the free podcast. We made our very first episode that we did way back in August for free. Yeah, you have nothing to lose. Patreon, where one (laughs) podcast is is free. (laughs) How does that go? Sit and sleep or your mattress is free? Something like that. Why would it? What does he mean? Maybe Sit if you can't sleep. sleep, if you can't sleep in the mattress, oh. we can return it. If you can't well, sleep, well, I don't your know how you're going to do free. And how are you going to do that? Pop it over well, to UPS? Yeah. How are you going to get I rid of your sleep. mattress? Yeah. So, um, well, Patreon, one podcast is free. Um, <laughs> we'll be next. Uh, we'll be next. We'll be back next Tuesday with a very special New Year's episode. So don't miss that. Yeah. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been 2017. Shit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that. Cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. Are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is Trump bananas. T R U M P 